0: When I think about using AI as a content creation tool, I think of, like, that saying where um, somebody says, like, uh, you want to you wear the clothes and not have the clothes wear you. That's kind of how I feel about AI, if that makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I want to use it as a tool, but I, it can't take over me. Like, I can't, I can't be drowning in it. It needs to just accentuate what's already there.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the High Level Spotlight Sessions, where we showcase awesome marketers doing awesome marketing. Today, I'm joined by Rachel Hernandez. She's the director of brand strategy at The Hoth, an SEO and digital marketing company that works with businesses of all sizes, but they also offer white-labeled services to tons of agencies. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Hey, Chase. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long, long time since TNC when we got to hang out, um, but I'm thrilled to have you here today. I think there aren't many companies that have been around in the digital marketing space as long as the Hoth has. W- when when was the Hoth started?
0: So the Hoth was founded in 2010. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of SEO companies back then, but I don't know if many of them have the longevity that we do um, and have been able to evolve the way that we have. Uh, In 2010, they were primarily focused on link building because that was kind of like what SEO was all about before content swooped in and started becoming the, uh, the main player in that game. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we've adapted since now. We have a ton of different content products. Uh, We're doing paid ads now. We're doing paid social ads now. Um, So yeah.
1: I think it's it's amazing, really. I mean, the, the the way that the Hoth has been able to adapt and, and pivot and continue to provide value through, I mean, starting out, like Customer Bloom, the agency that I used to run, um, started as an SEO company. And, you know, I don't even know how many algorithm updates there have been since, you know, 2009 and the early days. And um, the Hoth has continued to to Continue to be relevant and deliver value. You guys still have. I've got my Hoth sticker here. You guys still <laughs> have the coolest mascot ever. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely excited to sit down and chat with you guys about some of those changes that you've made over the years and and kind of how how it's all gone down. When did you guys pivot out of being solely focused on SEO?
0: Yeah. So we. Um, We got into paid ads, I'd say, about 2018, 2019. But I think the first really big shift was when we added content to our product suite. And it is for SEO. It's optimized blog content, optimized web copy. But that was in 2016. And that's actually when I came onto the scene. So before that, the Hawk was only doing link building. I actually joined as um, the director of content uh, services. So created those content products. And that was when we really started to turn into more of a marketing agency that helped people with their voice, their brand tone, the writing on their website, how they communicate and help people through the funnel um, rather than straight backlinks. And so I think that was sort of like the first major shift. And I'll tell you, like when we started that product, um, Pop Blogger in 2016, it was a tough sell at first. People were not necessarily hip to content being like a major part of an SEO strategy, which mm-hmm. sounds crazy to say now, because that's yeah. like what everybody talks about. Um, and then it just took off super, super quickly. So that's just sort of like another example of how they've always been kind of like one step ahead of, of what's going on and able to, to hop on really quickly.
1: So talk to me a little bit. About, I'm no, The Hoth has, has always worked with agencies in a white label comp, uh, yeah. fashion, right? In some way or shape or form. I was always impressed at the way the Hoth was able to create packages around white-labeled SEO services. How has that been taking the content side of SEO and turning that? Do you guys offer white label packages around content as well, or is it still just oh, around? Oh, yeah. Like-
0: yeah, everything. I mean, we always, we would always work with, um, you know, like, uh, smaller, or medium businesses, but The Hawk was really started to work with agencies. And, and that was our main customer avatar. And, and still, I think to a certain extent continues to be. Um, so everything that we offer is available for white label and reporting. And I think the main things that we've been able to do really have to do with the, the user experience in our dashboard. So um, once we started offering more products and, and once people even resell our managed services where they have like a campaign manager, going through and and doing the SEO strategy. Um, So really being able to adapt the dashboard and the reporting and being able to make it really easy for somebody. We have clients who have hundreds of clients who are on the HOP, making it really easy for them to pick their own keywords, to find those orders or um, search them in certain way, like just being able to um, juggle all sorts of different things. So I think it's the UX part that's super, super, super important there. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, we're looking at all different sorts of businesses and developing their SEO strategies. We're not necessarily doing the SEO for the agency themselves. That production works the same, but it's really about how they're able to manage those orders in the dashboard that makes the difference. Hmm.
1: (laughs) So I think I'm curious to see how your thoughts on this, but, You know, we, and again, I've been kind of removed from the world of SEO to a degree for a couple of years now. But back in, you know, 2009 and and the four or five years after that, we were, you know, we had an amazing SEO team. But a lot of it, I feel like the perception of SEO and even the work itself was a mystery, right? Like we knew links were important. And so the world was trying to kind of come to terms with, you know, can we only do white hat link building? It seemed like it kind of had to be a mix if you really wanted to move the needle for a client back then. And um, I know that the the link building world has evolved, but I think it's been interesting to see for me, the way that content has become so important that I almost feel like it would be easier to rank somebody today, assuming they're not in a super competitive market than it was back then, because I feel like the roadmap is pretty clear right now, right? Like you, you have to nail content. Yeah, you need some links and let's make sure nothing's broken on the back end. What are your thoughts? And I'm curious, you had mentioned AI at some point, and I'm curious to see what role that's playing as far as what you guys are doing with content.
0: Yeah, that's a really great question and sort of multifaceted. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Yes, you you absolutely still need links to rank. I think um, anybody who tells you different is wrong, but the first step to getting those links is really having the foundation and having that citable content that somebody's going to link to. Um, Primarily, that's going to be your resource content. That's going to be your top funnel, maybe middle funnel, your blog posts, your resources, the things that somebody's going to find useful to um, include as a source in an article. Um, And... So that's, that's the first thing, and we have we do have clients who come to us who are new to SEO, and and they want links, but they they don't really have anything valuable for us to do outreach to. It, it, nobody really wants to link to your homepage. It's it's tough, but it's 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 kind of true. Yeah. So that's just the first step, and I do agree with you. I think to a certain extent now, um, if you create a piece of high value content, and you also have to include a strategy. Like one of the things. I like to do when I wanna create content because I'm in charge of the hops content um, and everything that's published on our blog and our website. When I wanna find something that's going to rank really quickly without having to do any link outreach, I'll take a look at the content on our website that Google's already ranking um, really highly or seeing like a lot of keywords that it's ranking for because, oh, I just dropped my headphone, but then they know, and then I know it's it's already, um, they already see us as relevant for that parent subject. So right. if we have a post on YouTube that, you know, is ranking for a uh, thousand keywords, I already know that if we write something about YouTube, Google already sees us as being relevant and it's going to jump up the rankings really quickly, provided that it's high quality. Um, now, when it comes to AI, it's interesting because I feel like there's um, sort of like these two different schools of thought and um, a lot of SEOs too can get like very, I don't know, um, nervous about things like this or, or mm-hmm. get scared about like cheating the algorithm or cheating Google, which kind of goes back to the evolution because Google's algorithms are, they're so much more advanced than they were back mm-hmm. when you were doing SEO, back when the Hoth started that it kind of made sense to work the algorithm, but now they're so advanced that you might as well just write for the reader because that's what Google wants to see anyway. And Google uses AI to figure out rankings. I mean, this of
1: course, is yeah.
0: that, you know, this is not that out, out of a field. So as long as you're creating value and you're writing for the user, you really don't have to worry about like a panda or a hummingbird or whatever, because Google wants to send users to the best possible answers. When it comes to AI, And I know there are people who are freaking out about AI and it taking the humanity out of content creation. And I just, I couldn't disagree more. Like, I think there is something to be said for using systems, automated processes, intelligence that's out there. You guys have a great software to make processes easier for teams so that you can take the annoying minutiae, the small tasks, the meta descriptions, the multiple headlines off of off of your plate and really give your team more time to really focus on that creative work and that thought leadership, because that's where I see the value of AI coming in is it can take and help automate some of those little processes, even when it comes to content creation. I mean, if you're doing content distribution and you're going across multiple social channels, you're doing an email blast, you're you're doing an ad for it, and AI can help lay the foundation to create those little one-line things. And you Mm -hmm. can focus on that thought leadership and really put your team in a place where they can thrive the way that they really are able to and, and why they're probably in this industry and why they want to. Then I think that's just incredible. I'm sorry, that was
1: a rant. Like, <laughs> no, I got... no, 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 I'm absolutely fascinated by what's happening right now with AI and content. I think you mentioned something about when you write something for the Hoth. It's been fascinating for me to see um, my team. I, I got sort of the privilege of launching our content program, and you know, right off the bat, I was like, well, look, let's let's try some of this AI driven stuff because my hypothesis was that the high level already has such a high domain authority, which is, was always half the battle, right? When we were working with clients, it's like, well, you're a brand new business. You literally have zero authority in the eyes of Google. So like, you know, we need to work on that at the same time we're working on this. And it seemed to be true, right? I, you know, I would throw a, a, Do some light research, like you're saying, like, what are are we seeing that's already kind of on the map, throw something into Surfer, you know, and then use the writer to make sure we're including the keywords and whatnot. And then boom, like right away, things would be ranking, maybe not page one, but not too far off. And so that was like, wow that's amazing right off the bat, right? Like, so imagine your SEO team gets to start at third base, right? It's like, hey, you know, we were able to do this in, in like a day or whatever. Can you guys push it, do whatever you need to do to get it to page one? What I think is really interesting though, and I'm, I'm so curious to see how it's going to go. And, I, and I'd be curious to hear what, what, how you think this is going to go. A lot of the AI stuff that I've seen and worked with seems to be based around correlation. Mm. So it's like the AI goes and looks at what's currently ranking on page one for that term, finds the patterns between them, and then kind of gives you that as like a cheat sheet. And it's like, well, if you, if you just do at least all these things, you're probably going to show up near everybody who's there, which I think is amazing how it works right now. But I think as more and more people do that, what's going to happen? Like Google's at some point going to have to look for more than just correlation, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean
1: that. And I'm sure and, they do now already, but I, yeah, I'm still that, I'm surprised at how far that can get you just correlating with what's already there.
0: Well, and you know, um, and maybe this is kind of a, a weird point to make because I think there's a place for AI, and then there's there isn't yet right um and just for precisely what you say is is um because the way the ai works is it scrapes everything on the subject kind of you you give it its prompts you know you give it your audience your voice what your value proposition um and then it gives you something that is kind of based on what information is already out there because that's what it has um my like weird philosophical question is, I, I don't know if that's that different than what we're doing now with humans. I mean, mm. I do a lot of writing myself. I've been doing writing for SEO and for other marketers for years. I've written for industries that, um, you know, I haven't necessarily worked in. And what do I do? I, I, I do a Google search and I collect a bunch of information and I synthesize it into something that fits my company's voice and their value proposition. and. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily that different from what some of these really advanced AI tools use. Now, when it comes to having a certain angle or doing some thought leadership or, you know, that's different, right? Um, And that, you know, we're not there. And I I don't think a robot can really necessarily replace that. Um, But man, it can give you a really good foundation to get started if you, you know what information to put in.
1: Wow, I mean, not to get too philosophical here, <laughs> but I, I'm going to seize the opportunity to to kind of point out what you just spawned in my brain, which is it's very interesting. We're in a place where I agree with you. I think if we're not there already, we're going to get to a place where if you really want to stand out, you're going to have to take an opinion, right? You're going to have to, like you said, you're going to have to. Okay, yeah, like. The correlation is pretty bland how am i going to distinguish this between 50 other pieces of content that are all saying the exact same top 10 things or whatever as a consumer you're looking for somebody who's either saying like yes or no or this or that or whatever but it's kind of reflects the current state of society right i think like right now it's like if if you see, if the average person sees something contrary to what they believe, it's like polarizing. It's like, oh my gosh, you're one of those. And that's not me. Whereas I feel like in the past, it was more like, oh, that, you know, he's got that opinion. And I have this one. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Um, And specifically, what can AI do when it comes to the point where it can't just be bland, like the robot is going to have to pick a
0: slider. (laughs) Have a point of view. (laughs) (laughs)
1: like, but who's, you know what I mean? How do you tell a robot to gain a point? I mean, maybe you could. I don't uh, know
0: if you necessarily do. I mean, maybe you do at some point, right? Because we can, like I use, you know, I, 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 we don't use AI tools for our Hoth products yet. um, But I do use some AI tools for our own marketing, but we do have like a team of content creators, um, me being one of them. And, you know, it's not, we don't just, put in the AI tool and then send it out. We, you know, look it over, we rewrite it, we work it. Um, Oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, can I
1: ask you, I mean, uh, I'd love to talk about it. Like what is the tool that you use? Because I feel like right now there's so many of them popping up. I'd be curious to know what, which ones you've tried.
0: So we use copy manic AI. Um, and that is, yeah, it's, it's really great. It's, um, it's mainly a content creation tool. Um, It's got just like a ton, like anything you could think of um, for your website or for your marketing. One of the things I really like about it is, um, you know, it has those uh, marketing formulas. So it has got like the traditional, the pain agitate solution. It's got the attention, interest, desire, action. Um, And it gives you multiple options. Uh, It's also just really nice, like, um, I know there are some writers and, um, you know, I've, I've been one of them now. I'm the one who gets to approve things uh, who want to see like multiple examples. Yeah. Of something. And man, I mean, I know, like I keep saying, I think I keep saying that I'm right, but I get writer's block where I'm like, I can only think of it in this one way. And it's just, that's so the, nice. I think yeah.
1: that's the, the power that I've seen as well. I thought for sure you were going to say Jasper because I feel like, uh- they're you know they're taking over the scene so i'm glad that
0: you're
1: you're using something different that we can go check out um but it sounds similar to jasper and what i've seen of jasper and the limited times i've used it is just what you're saying it's like uh, imagine you're at the point where you just created this big piece of content you've been working on it for a week or whatever however long and now you're like you just need the title or you need the metadata whatever and you're just like so fried and you're like i don't really i'm done i i you know to be able to just say like, give me five possible titles for this. Oftentimes one of them is at least gonna be close enough where you're like, oh, pff, if I just change this word or whatever, perfect.
0: Exactly. Oh good. my God, you just gave me a flashback. Like <laughs> how many times have I like just sat there trying to figure out like what Instagram or Twitter captions to do for distribution when yeah. I whenever the whole 4,000 word.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's my. It can be super painful, but I think, and that's what I think. You know, most people. The misconception is that it's that it's literally good enough to just write something for you. And I don't think that's the case. But it is literally good enough to get you past a writer's block moment. I feel like. Yeah,
0: I always think, um, and this is kind of a weird analogy, but I have used it a few times, so I might as well use it here. Um, when I think about using AI as a content creation tool. I think of, like, that saying where um, somebody says, like, uh, you want to you wanna wear the clothes and not have the clothes wear you. That's kind of how I feel about AI, if that makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I want to use it as a tool, but I, it can't take over me. Like, I can't be drowning in it. It needs to just accentuate what's already there.
1: Wow, I love that. That was <laughs> awesome. That's definitely going to be a tweet, for sure. We didn't even uh, have to write AI. Yeah, to yeah, didn't need one.
0: the AI to write that one. Great. Um,
1: <laughs> One thing while we're on the topic that I think has been, I'm really excited to try out. Well, one that um, another one just launched called Lex that a lot of people seem to be hyping up. I joined the wait list, so I haven't used that one yet. Um, But one thing that I see Jasper working on, which I think is really fascinating, is AI for images. And so we are just kicking off a big project, we've been working on tons of um, templates to go into high level that we're gonna give out as free templates within the system. And when you talk about like social media content, copyright, creating content that you can legally give away um, is really hard, right? Like, and so it was a really big project. Well, what if all of a sudden now I can tell an AI to make me an image of whatever, a plumber holding a wrench in deep thought, like if it can spit out something that is actually technically unique, all of a sudden like creating content at scale and for clients and things like that, um, man, it could really give you an advantage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, And I'm interested to see like how it goes even further. Like, and I will say though, Oh gosh, I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm throwing shade. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to perfect humans in AI art.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. yeah
0: it, always, it always looks like the first Toy Story um, animation to me. Anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, I agree. But what if, what if we get to the point where you could take a picture of a client that's like a crappy picture and it's like, use this face in this scenario and it looks real enough you know, getting content from your clients for us was always a major pain point.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I completely agree. I think it's such a game changer. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to even seeing like infographics are, are huge. Right? And we we've, we have designers who do our infographics, you know, what if we're able to kind of just plug these things in? I don't think we're that far away from that. I really don't. And it will even tell you how to optimize it and everything.
1: I can imagine scenarios like if you're making an infographic, right, and you're using a pack of icons. You always get to the one icon that they don't have. And it's like, ah. what if you could just tell, hey, like I need an icon of this in this style and it could match it and spit out the yeah. I mean, the possibilities, it's gonna be really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so <clears throat> what is the Hoth excited about as far as the future of SEO or marketing in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, gosh, that's so that's such a big question. Um I think we actually are, we're excited about AI. I think we're all kind of buzzing about it at the office. We were all reading about the Jasper news the other day. Um, and so we're kind of like looking to see again, we always kind of want to be where the evolution is going. And I think AI is definitely um, the direction that things are moving. And so we're looking at that. Uh, in terms of SEO, I think we're really just continuing to refine our products, Our we are, um, we've updated a lot of our link outreach since we started, obviously a long time ago, we're looking at sort of doing some rebranding there. And, uh, we're excited that content is super important. We're really proud of our team. We've got 700 freelancers who create really high quality content for us. Some of them have been with, with the Hoff since I started, I hired them in like 2016, which is a pretty big deal for a freelance community. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we like actually seeing things like the helpful content update that, that came out fairly recently because we know that we're already doing the right things um, and that uh, people can come to us and, and the content that we create is useful and valuable for their
1: users. So I wanna talk about that update in just a second before we leave the topic of AI. Do you guys use or leverage any tools that are like Surfer on the research side?
0: I do. Yeah. Um, I just for my own, um, my own content creation for the Hoth. Um, I have used Surfer. I like Surfer. Um, I've used Market News, I like Market MarketMuse. Uh, we're currently using ClearScope. I like ClearScope. Um, I've, I've actually, um, I think I've used them all. We settled, we settled on ClearScope finally. I just, I really like the, um, the interface. I like the way it's laid out. I like the integration with Google Docs. Um, so we do use that when we create content. So for our own website.
1: Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Cause I think it, a lot of people yeah. get excited to be able to go explore some of these tools. And I'm really fascinated to see the day when the Jasper and the Surfer kind of merge because then it would be very interesting to see if Jasper, you know, could spit out content that's hitting all these keywords that, you know a tool like Surfer or something is telling you to use. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to that update. Can you explain that update and kind of give us an overview of what changed with Google and you know what stopped yeah. working as well and what's working better after that update?
0: So um, the helpful content update, everybody was sort of up in arms about this update in the SEO community. And it kind of um,
1: always with everyone. Yeah, (laughs) it
0: came in. Everybody was freaking out, and then honestly, I I feel like this is gonna not be as compelling as it should be. Not much really changed. Um, (laughs) So, Google basically said that um, you know all of the content on your website, where we're looking for use value, we're looking to make sure that this is a really good resource. Um, They basically didn't want just like regurgitated content. They don't want like short form articles. They really want people to honor the search intent for their keywords and to um, basically like be the most comprehensive resource. And that's just like a really simple way to put it. And people thought that they were going to get penalized because their content wasn't going to be good enough, but For the most part, I think people who are really in this space have known that that's the way to.
1: Like um, you're not ranking anymore because of your 200 word blog post. No,
0: this is not new, like this is not new at all. Um, And I think they were just sort of reaffirming that they're valuing content more and more. Um, They did mention AI in that update specifically where they said that um ai content was against google's guidelines um <laughs> but that's not new either because <laughs> if and if there are people like i know you know because you you were in seo in 2009 know about spun articles which sure. is an ai generated article written for seo purposes it's generally unreadable it, it's you know it's very very obvious you know it when you see it um and people just use it really for link building Um, in the black hat days. I I don't know if people are really doing that anymore, but that was against Google's guidelines, like in, I don't even know, 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago. This is not new. Um, But what Google did say is that um, one, they can't tell if content is AI for the most part, but also the helpful content update, the big thing is really just making sure the content serves Serves the user. And if you are using AI as a tool to help you get there, then you're not going against Google's guidelines because they want you to give good answers to questions.
1: Mm-hmm. I think um, <laughs> I, I do want to, I'd love to end. Well, we still have some time. So I'd love to talk about link building in a minute. Um, but before we move off of content, I feel like the conversations I've had with folks that are deep in the SEO world today um, and talking about tools and what these, you know, research, AI driven research tools can do. I feel like the opportunity to be an SEO today from a content perspective is better than ever because for like a decade, all we did as agencies would go write tons of crappy, shallow content and flood these businesses' blogs. And then Google evolved and it's like, well, sorry, Google changed their game. So now like it's completely the opposite. So why don't I go back through that mess of content on your site and prune it down into stuff that's actually going to matter and perform. I feel like it's such a good business that you could do for any business that was paying for SEO, you know, over the past 15 years is probably in a situation where they need a content audit and they just need to consolidate it into something that, um, that a tool can really guide you in the right direction for.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And just in general, I I find that everybody—not even if even if you're not somebody who is writing crappy articles <laughs> back in the day um, for um, you know just to have content on your website or or just to rank for more keywords or just for link building—I um, think everybody could really use a content audit. And I like your word pruning. And really even just updating your stuff like, and that kind of goes back to that helpful content update too, because let's say you wrote a blog post in 2017 and you're linking to a study from 2015. Is that the most useful content that you can give to the reader? No, like you want to go back and you want to update things so that they're up to date. And my goodness, the we've done that a ton on our own blog and The SEO gains that you get simply from updating what's there. And there's technical reasons for it. Like the longer a page has been around, you know, the more authority it's just naturally going to have in something new. Presumably you're already ranking for some things, maybe not where you want to be, but you're going back to that other metaphor, starting at third base when you go back and you you take what's already on your site. And I always tell people don't necessarily even delete. If you can avoid deleting posts and pages, avoid it because you already have some authority there. If you need to set up a redirect or something, fine. But I would always kind of go back and see what I can use from mm-hmm. what's there rather than starting from scratch.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about link building. Link building back in the days when you know we were uh, <laughs> hardcore SEO, it was kind of like, um, You know, I remember having a lot of conversations with customers that wanted to rank and it was like, okay, well, you know, there's like white hat, gray hat and black hat. And we would be up front and be like, you know, the white hat is the way that Google wants it done. It's typically going to take longer, et cetera. Um, If you feel like you're willing to take more of a risk because you're telling us you need to rank faster, there are ways to do that. But uh, (laughs) Let's make sure everyone's aware of the risks here. But yeah, we can get it done. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I've been interested to see, it seems like now businesses that are still alive in the SEO world have all pivoted to pure white hat. Is that, uh, I'm assuming that's true at the Hoth, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on like kind of the evolution and, and where, what is the current state of black hat? Like, does it, does it still work even though pe- like it was always like, no one wanted to admit that it worked, but it worked.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think black hat. I, I, well, let's start with a big misconception, um, which is that if you get caught doing black hat link building, that Google will deindex your website. Not mm-hmm. true, right? They it, it black hat at its worst, which is still not good, is a waste of time and money because they simply won't count the link.
1: So but It used to be more severe, right? Like it used, to it used to be manual penalties. You used, you used to really get
0: which is why people are still um, super, super twitchy about it. Um, And I'm not saying don't be twitchy because nobody wants to waste time or money. That's not what we're here to do, Mm -hmm. but your site's not going to be de-indexed because you have a bad link pointing to it. Google just doesn't count them. So it's it's just a waste. Um,
1: Because at some point it got weaponized. It was like, well, wait a minute. If I could buy these shady backlinks for my client, why don't I buy them and point them at their competitor? And then, you know that became a whole thing.
0: Well, it's the same. I mean, Google's not going to de-index your shape for having bad content or keyword stuffing either. It's just not going to rank it. Yeah. Um, and so you're, again, wasting your time and resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of that evolution, I think it, it just really, yeah, goes back to that branding and connecting to usefulness. I mean, um, I always tell people that the way to do white hat link building and, um, you know, we do link outreach at the Hoff for our clients um, and, I think it's really, really useful one because I'm sure you built backlinks, building backlinks sucks. I've done it. I, <laughs> it's not fun to
1: do. we about this. God bless anybody who is able <laughs> oh, yeah. to. Yeah.
0: If anybody has experienced building backlinks, I'm always like, you are hired. Like <laughs> I, You've been in it. Been in it. Um, but um, it's about really like, it's the same as sort of getting users to come to you. I feel like you, you, you offer something of value to people. Um, and a lot of the time, if you use those strategies that we were talking about earlier to get your content to rank deep, like more quickly, even without backlinks, you'll get inbound links because people are going to be looking for, um, you know, whatever subject you're writing on, they're going to see you as a resource for that. And they're going to link back to you. Um, and, I've even heard like, uh, and this is not necessarily something we do, it's not something that we do at the Hoth right now, but one of the, um, the cool strategies that I, I learned about at a conference recently was aligning your your brand's sort of like purpose, or um, if you do like any charitable work, or if there is sort of a background story behind your company that resonates with people, um, you know, using that as a link building tool by reaching out to uh, different like news publications or or um, you know charities that are interested or groups that are interested in this. And I thought that was actually really genius. It's not something that the Hof does cause it's incredibly difficult to scale. We have tens and tens of thousands of clients but yeah. um, I thought that was very cool too. It's always now it's the same as the clients everything is moving towards really just providing that value and being real um the algorithms are so much more advanced now like you just kind of got to do the right thing
1: i'm curious to ask you do so pbn's i feel like were the step out of black hat into gray hat where you know when i kind of left the scene there were these Folks around the world who's, you know, oh, I know, I know a really solid PN and medical, PBN and medical, right? These pl- private blog networks where, where people would build link farms but that were topically based. And the content was good enough where it wasn't, like you said, obviously like a spun article that's just crap that was made for link building. It was like, oh, if you know the person and they trust you, you could buy into their network and place an article that was relevant to the topic. Is that kind of stuff still going on? Does it still work or is that all gone too?
0: I'm sure it is. Um, I'm sure it is. It's not something that we do and I'm sure to a certain extent it works. I just don't know how sustainable that is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the best answer, but um,
1: so I'm love, sure I mean, there are still
0: PBNs. Like this, it's gotta be a strategy that people are using but it's not a long-term strategy. It's, it's a short-term win in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, these were all shortcuts that you know, yeah. folks um, were willing to take back in the day. And I, I'd love to just give people listening an example of, you know we, we kind of joked about how hard link building is, <laughs> but like, can you give a good example of what a, a, a typical tactic would be as far as building a link in a white hat fashion today?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, there are a few different things that I've been able to do um, in my tenure as a link builder. Um, there's, it's a numbers game. If you're doing outreach, uh, I'm going to be straight up. Like it, it's the equivalent of any other email campaign. Um, you know, you, you're going to get a very small return rate, but when you do, it can be valuable. Um, there's the kind of stock outreach at email that people do where they say, Hey, I saw this blog post on X and I have, a I have a link that I think could fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of, gone now i think that's kind of an immediate
1: every day but yeah
0: it's an immediate archive (laughs) i guess you know yeah um i do like still though the the link replacements um so there are software out there um i'm losing the name um but that will tell you if somebody has a broken link on their website and if you have content that will fit um, again, like I said before, like if somebody's linking to an article from 2017, it's not the best possible answer to the question. I do yeah. find the most success that way um, because you're just giving somebody an easy solution right away. Uh, and the other thing is
1: for the people that might not fully understand. Oh, sure.
0: So let's say you are trying to, um, get a link on a site that's in your industry. Um, that is, uh, has a high DA that's going to be valuable. And, uh, you, there is software that will tell you if there is a broken link on that website. So if they're linking out to a blog post on, um, I don't know, we used plumbing as an example before, I don't know, um,
1: how to fix your yeah. System.
0: How to fix your. I'm. I i do not know anything about plumbing. Um, <laughs> and you have a resource that would fit where that link was. You can let them know that you noticed the link was broken, and that you have a replacement link for them. So it's offering them some value for their site because a broken link on your website actually isn't good for their rankings. Isn't good for their SEO. Um, and you're giving them a solution right away. Uh, so I think that's yeah. probably, if you're doing outreach, that's generally the way I would go. Um, but the other thing is really just building relationships with people. Um, you know, if you're a, a business or an agency, use your LinkedIn. Um, I, I, not no pun intended, um, <laughs> the professional social network site. Um, you know, use your social media accounts. LinkedIn and Twitter are probably the two best for this to build relationships with people in your niche because um, friends want to help each other out. People who swim in, or are in the same sandbox generally want to help each other out. Uh, and that's okay. That's not against Google's guidelines. Um, build relationships with people and they will generally tend to link back to you.
1: Yeah, I think the broken link one is a really... Really efficient way because you can often not do the work until you get the yes. So, hey, I noticed you have a broken link on your site. You know, it was going to a thing that doesn't exist anymore that was about this. Um, you know, we, we have something similar, or we could make that for you, or whatever. The other person on the other end is like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, I don't want to delete the page, um, but I don't want a broken link there. So great. Thanks for, you know, rewriting that thing for me or whatever. I'm happy to link to it. Easy win. Um, like I said, I get hit up all the time about people wanting to guest post on our blog. Typically, you know, my litmus test is I just scan and it's always like here are like three possible topics and. Nine times out of ten, they don't mention agencies at all, which I, is the immediate tell to me that they didn't do put any time into it. You know, um, but every now and then somebody will pitch a topic that's very relevant to agencies, um, and and occasionally we'll say yeah. And so I think that's a top a, a tactic that can work pretty well because it's like well yeah we, we you know we always want more relevant content that could potentially rank for some long term whatever and um, if it makes sense then cool. So I think. Yeah, there's a a bunch of ways like that to do it. I also like your relationship building, right? Especially for small businesses, I think, because there's such a good opportunity to like, small businesses are always willing to help out businesses in their neighborhood, right? People that belong to the chamber of commerce together or this or that. And um, you know, I live in Puerto Vallarta, which is a tourist town. And I think a good example is like, um, we have friends that own a villa rental company. They link to lots of other ancillary ancillary businesses that they know, like and trust, like people who could pick you up from the airport in a private van, or you know, tours that they know are great, and they would recommend to people. And you know, they have a great domain authority on their site, so those links are pretty valuable. And I think there are lots of people that could probably get a link if they reached out and asked, um, you know, if they knew to even that they needed links. So. I think that's kind of a good tactic as well is networking within your community, whether that's geographically or, or however else you may be related.
0: Yeah, I love that example too. It makes such such perfect sense.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, you know, for all these insights. I really appreciate you being willing to, to share tactics and, and details. I think this is an awesome episode. Hopefully you guys listening, if you're just getting into SEO or if you've been doing it for a while and you're looking to explore new avenues and whatnot, um, I would love to ask you kind of finish with some white label related questions so that folks that, um, you know, I think SEO is something that a lot of businesses at some point realize or think they want I'll realize that they need, um, but there are lots of marketers who who don't know anything about it. And they're like, I wish I had an answer for these clients of mine that are asking me if I can do it instead of just saying no. What does a package look like? Like if I'm, if I'm a Facebook ads guru and I run ads for plumbers in my town and they're asking me for SEO and I come to the Hoth, what kind of packages could you guys help me sell to them and run for me?
0: Yeah. I mean, so um, links and content really um, are when we're talking about SEO or the name of the game. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, I would definitely recommend talking to, um, if you're not familiar, because we, you can buy everything from us. Like you can go straight to the, the product pages and, and purchase and, and resell and do whatever. But if you're new, talk to an account executive, um, because they'll really be able to help what you with well, like reselling.
1: What about the bridge, right? Like, I feel like you guys have tools that run reports and yeah, it's like we have a, ton, yeah. a way to scan my customer and and have something to show them you know what i mean
0: yeah so there's um there's a tools page uh, on our site we've got 33 i want to say um seo tools um content creation tools we do have ppc tools we have basically anything that you would need for your website um, so if you want to do like a, a keyword research, we do have a content gap analysis. A lot of our tools are powered by SEMRush too, which is obviously a leader in the industry. So the data is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. or we've we've helped we've pulled from Google. Um, but again, I, I think if you're looking to resell SEO to your clients and you're not really sure how to explain it or or what you should be selling or what packages you should be offering. Um, we have resources on our site for that as well. Um, we have a, a guide to reselling SEO that I think is super, super useful. And I don't, I mean, it kind of feels ironic to say after talking to you about SEO for the past like 45 minutes. Um, but when you get too technical, I do think people's eyes start to glaze over if they're not familiar. Um, the elevator pitch is really, you know, most people look at on Google for, to figure out what their needs are and where they need to go. Um, if you're not ranking on Google, you're missing those people. And I think yeah. that's pretty much.
1: Well, I think it's a very great opportunity for, um, you know, if you're watching and you are focused on an area of marketing, that's not SEO um, and you'd love to expand your revenue, having those types of tools are awesome, right? Cause you can go back to your client and say, Hey, you know, I just ran a scan on your site um, and, you know, it came back pretty bad. Like let's see <laughs> all this stuff or this or that. The other thing, um, let me know if you'd be interested in fixing this, which would take you up in the rankings, right? Imagine yeah. if you guys, people in your town, when they search this, if you guys were ranked above these competitors of yours, um, you know, it can be a, a, a pretty easy sell, uh, as long as you're working with somebody that you're confident that can deliver the results. So, um, you know, as we've mentioned many times, the Hoth has has been around longer than pretty much anyone in the SEO game that I can (laughs) think of. (laughs) So, um, Rachel, you guys are coming to, well, this is probably going to air after the summit has already happened, but I I can't wait to see the team there at the summit. The Hoth is going to have a booth um, as well. So, You know, if this airs before, you might get to see them there, but you've probably already been and seen them. So, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in Back to the Future now, but thanks for coming to the summit as well. (laughs) Of
0: course. (laughs) We'll see where this ends up on the timeline.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully they're bringing more Hoth swag because I I feel, does this guy have a name or he is the Hoth?
0: He's the Hoth monster.
1: The Hoth monster. Awesome. I love it. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. Guys, the, the URL is thehoth.com if you're interested in uh, learning more about what they do or getting involved in their reseller programs. Um, Rachel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for everything that you came on to share.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you in the next one.